0: H-E-L-P dot com slash sober. Tossing and turning all night like a salad, it's time to put those sleepless nights to bed for good. Enter Tenasi, my sleep saviors, and they have science to back up their sleep, anxiety, and pain-relieving powers. Back in 2016, they invested a $2.5 million grant I'm Jill, and this is the Sober Powered Podcast. I'll tell you how I finally stopped chasing the buzz and what I've learned along the way. Welcome back to the Sober Powered Podcast. I'm Jill, and if you're new here, I'm a sober scientist who talks about the science, and psychology of addiction. If that sounds interesting, please subscribe. Today, I'm going to talk about how we process alcohol, why women get drunk faster than men, what enzymes and organs are involved, and why alcohol prevents fat loss. Since I'm discussing the biology, I'm also going to mention some facts and statistics about how alcohol damages our body and contributes to cancer. I'm not doing this to frighten you or as a scare tactic to get you to stop drinking. It's purely educational. If this information is upsetting, you may want to skip this episode. With that said, let's dig in. So alcohol, or ethanol, is a very small molecule and it can exist in both water and fat-based environments. So it's freely able to pass into many cells in the body. So it can get past the blood-brain barrier, it can get into fat cells. So it visits a lot of places in our body when we drink. Women typically get drunk faster than men do for a few reasons. So women are smaller typically have a higher body fat percentage than men and have less overall body water. So alcohol can hang out in body fat, but water will flush it out. So having more fat and less water makes alcohol clear the body slower on top of this women also produce less of the enzymes that break down alcohol which we will talk about in a bit it's not really known why this is the case but it's been observed that women just have less enzymes so they not only clear alcohol slower because of body composition but women also process alcohol a bit slower so because of this Women who are problem drinkers typically have more alcohol-related medical issues than men do. Between 2000 and 2015, cirrhosis death rates shot up by 57% for women compared to 21% for men in the 45 to 64 years age group. For adults that are 25 to 44 years old cirrhosis death rates increased by 18% for women and actually decreased by 10% for men so Overall because alcohol is hanging out longer in the body and it's slower to clear um, Because of the enzymes Women will have more medical issues than men just because alcohol is present longer women also get alcohol poisoning easier than men do because the amount of alcohol they drink stays in their body longer. So what happens when we drink? So 20% of the alcohol that you drink is absorbed by the stomach lining and can reach the brain in only a minute. The remaining 80% passes into the small intestine before entering the bloodstream. Once alcohol is in the blood, it visits many organs of the body. So the heart pumps it throughout the body while the liver works on breaking it down into carbon dioxide, water, and energy to be eliminated. So we'll talk about this process of breaking alcohol down in a bit. So the liver is able to process one standard drink per hour. So if you drink beyond what your body can process, then it's going to remain in circulation and in your tissues until it can be processed and eliminated. So that's what makes us feel drunk, is the alcohol that's hanging out in our bloodstream waiting to be processed. So as a reminder, one standard drink is a 12 ounce glass of beer, a five ounce glass of 12% wine, or a one ounce shot of liquor. Most people underestimate how much they're actually drinking. So if you measure out five ounces of water in a wine glass, you'll see how small it actually is. So I was really surprised and also sad when I measured that out for myself. Um, If you compare five ounces of wine to what you would get in a restaurant, you can see how much you're actually drinking. It's a lot more than we think. So it's kind of like portion sizes, how they've been warped at restaurants. So the same is true for the glass of wine that they bring you. And also another point here is a standard drink is a five ounce glass of 12% wine. So not a five ounce glass of 14 or 15% wine. So a lot of wines, especially reds, are more than 12%. We already talked about how alcohol hits your stomach. Some of it is absorbed, the rest that isn't makes it into your intestines. So the portal vein runs from your intestines into the liver. So that's why so much alcohol is processed there. So it brings blood from the digestive system into the liver where it can filter out toxins, process nutrients, and then return the blood back to circulation. So the liver basically like cleans our blood. So there's a few ways that alcohol is metabolized, but the most common pathway involves two enzymes, alcohol dehydrogenase and aldehyde dehydrogenase. So if you're not a science person, an enzyme is a protein that catalyzes a reaction or helps it to happen. So this reaction might happen on its own, but it might be really slow, or it might you know, virtually never happen and with the presence of an enzyme, it allows it to happen like in a, in a much more timely way. So enzymes are really just helpers. So think of them that way. So these two enzymes help break apart the ethanol molecule so that it can be eliminated by the body. So they break it down into smaller things and eventually... It becomes carbon dioxide and water, which we eliminate from our body all the time. So these enzymes need a little extra help to process alcohol. So this is where maybe it's a little complicated. So they get this help from a form of vitamin B3 called nicotinamide adenine dinucleotide. I'm just going to call it NAD. So this is a coenzyme. So a coenzyme is something that helps an enzyme function. One of the functions of vitamins in our body is to make these coenzymes. So coenzymes help enzymes by moving around electrons, atoms, or molecules from one enzyme to another. So in the case of alcohol, NAD picks up two extra electrons and takes them away. So you can think of electrons as energy. And the exchange of electrons is how new molecules are formed and how chemical reactions occur. So all a chemical reaction is, is an exchange of electrons. So where we're at right now is alcohol enters your body and there are two enzymes that break it down. So an enzyme is something that helps a reaction to happen. But these enzymes need their own helpers, and they get this help from NAD, which is a form of vitamin B3. So NAD works with these enzymes to process alcohol so we can eliminate it from our body. So as alcohol is broken down, the extra electrons that NAD picks up are shuttled away and brought to other reactions that need a little Extra energy boost. So, NAD is actually an important coenzyme for many reactions in the body, including digestion, energy production, fat loss, and maintaining healthy DNA. So, just because NAD is helping out processing alcohol doesn't mean it has to really stay there. So, once it picks up the extra electrons that are not needed, it can take them somewhere else. So, it doesn't have to just hang out with alcohol. So because alcohol is a toxin, given a choice, the body will choose to process and eliminate alcohol first. So it's going to put other things on hold or slow them down to devote its resources to getting rid of alcohol. So I mentioned in the beginning that I'm going to talk about how alcohol affects fat loss. So NAD is actually involved in processing body fat for removal. So if your body is using a lot of the available NAD to process and eliminate alcohol, then there is reduced capacity for metabolizing and eliminating body fat. So therefore, fat metabolism is slowed down. Um, I read that this could be up to 70%. So it's not simply the excess calories that we take in from alcohol that promotes weight gain, or maintenance of a high weight. It's also the decreased availability of the coenzyme NAD that prevents reduction in fat. So just to reiterate that, NAD helps our body get rid of excess body fat. So when we're in a calorie deficit, NAD helps get a little fat out of our fat cells for energy. But when all of the NAD is stuck processing the binge drinking that you did last night, you can't break down body fat as well because NAD is busy and it can't help out in these other reactions. And since NAD is needed for a lot of different things, remember I said this includes digestion, energy production, fat loss, and maintaining healthy DNA. All of those other things take precedence over fat loss. That's not really something important that we need to survive. That's something more like aesthetic. So if there's only a limited amount of NAD, it's going to do the critical things before it breaks down body fat. So drinking alcohol disrupts in your ability to break down body fat. So in my experience, I was doing everything right to lose weight for five years, but all I did was gain and lose the same one pound. And I was very frustrated with this, so I did intermittent fasting, I did um, counting macros or calories, I tried so many different types of exercise, healthy foods, meal prep. I tried so many things and I never lost any weight. When I quit drinking back in November, I finally started to see progress. So I've actually lost 15 pounds since November and I'm a pretty small woman to start with. So this was really fantastic and I really didn't um, get super strict with my diet or anything. I even indulged in ice cream and cookies. It wasn't just like a calories thing. When I quit drinking, my body was finally able to process and eliminate the extra fat I carried around because it wasn't constantly focused on processing alcohol. So I was a daily drinker, remember? So every day my body was working to get rid of all this crap and using NAD to help process it. And even if I was overall in a calorie deficit... NAD couldn't help out with any fat reduction. So I think that's really interesting. So I want to talk about the main pathway for how we process and eliminate alcohol, but I want to briefly mention um, there's two other ones. So these two do not get turned on in normal drinkers, healthy drinkers. These two pathways only turn on for people who are abusing alcohol. So people who are drinking heavy heavy amounts of alcohol will need to turn on other pathways to process it because the main pathway is too slow. So the second pathway is called the Microsomal Ethanol Oxidizing System or MEOS if you want to look it up and it results in the production of free radicals which can lead to cancer. This episode is not meant to scare you in any way but this pathway turning on does promote the production of free radicals. Um, the third pathway that turns on takes place in the liver and the pancreas. So some chronic drinkers do cause damage to their pancreas, which results in pancreatitis or, unfortunately, um, diabetes, which which sticks with them for life. That was something that I was always curious about. Um, we know that alcohol messes with our liver and can cause really bad things there. But when I heard about people Developing diabetes from alcohol abuse, I was really surprised. So, this is because another pathway is turning on. So, with a lot of excess alcohol, your pancreas has to start kind of chipping in and doing some of the work. So, back to the main pathway. So, that's where I want to focus. So, in the first step, the first enzyme is called alcohol dehydrogenase. So, this converts alcohol into acetaldehyde. An acetaldehyde is a highly toxic substance. It's actually 10 times more toxic than ethanol and it's a known carcinogen. And a carcinogen is something that causes cancer. So acetaldehyde is short-lived and quickly broken down in the second step of the pathway. So aldehyde dehydrogenase will then convert this into acetate, which is broken down into water and carbon dioxide and released from the body. So I'll post images of these molecules on the Silver Powered Instagram account tomorrow so that you can see how these enzymes are changing the molecular structure of ethanol to make it able to be eliminated. So all you need to know is there are two steps So the first one takes ethanol and converts it into something called acetaldehyde. And this is super toxic and horrible. And then the second enzyme converts that into acetate, which is then broken down again into water and carbon dioxide. So two steps. So even though acetaldehyde is short-lived, it has the potential to do really significant damage. Alcohol metabolism mainly takes place in the liver. So because of this, the liver is damaged by excessive drinking, and this causes lesions on the liver cells. And beyond just its toxicity, acetaldehyde is a highly reactive molecule, so it actually binds to proteins, fats, and DNA, causing the original molecule to lose some or all of its function, because it's disrupting its ability to do you know, whatever it's meant to do. So if this molecule is going around causing certain things to become non-functional, like you can imagine how that's a problem. So the way that alcohol contributes to oral, esophageal, liver, and colon cancer is somewhat intuitive based on just our digestive tract, but it also increases the chance of developing breast cancer by about 7 to 10 percent per standard drink consumed daily. So remember, a standard drink is only five ounces of 12 percent wine. One bottle of wine is 25 ounces. So when I was drinking a bottle of wine every day, my breast cancer risk increased by 35 to 50 percent based on the statistic. So that's a really big increase. This contribution to breast cancer, again, it's not super intuitive. So what I learned is there's actually some of, some of the first enzyme to process alcohol. So alcohol dehydrogenase, there's actually some present in other tissues in the body, not just the liver. And one of these tissues is the breast. So that means that since alcohol circulates through our entire body when we drink it, some acetaldehyde is formed in the breast tissue where it's able to bind to other proteins or or DNA or fats or whatever in the breast and cause damage there. So, so that's the way that it can contribute to breast cancer. I think something that most people know is that alcohol damages our liver and that it leads to fatty liver. So here's like how that happens. So the liver, um, one of its functions is that it exports triglycerides and cholesterol as very low density lipoproteins, which is one of the forms of bad cholesterol. So when you eat excess calories, triglycerides are formed and stored in fat cells. So triglycerides are basically body fat. So when the liver begins to be damaged by alcohol, this whole process is disrupted and the fat, instead of being transported out of the liver, actually begins to be deposited in the liver instead. And another way that alcohol damages our liver is through acetaldehyde binding to other things. So the body will actually recognize some of them as foreign And this results in the immune system attacking any liver cells that contain acetaldehyde bound to other proteins, fats, or DNA. So something interesting I learned is that antibodies to these new molecules have actually been found to exist in people who are chronic drinkers. So your body sees it as an enemy and it starts to attack it. So your body starts to break down your own liver because it thinks it's an invader So this was a ton of information. I hope you stuck with me I hope you thought that it was as interesting as I did when I first learned about it Um, I think the body is so complex, and I just love to learn about how it works So if you have any questions about this again always reach out so overall Any amount of alcohol is bad for your body. So when I was obsessed with moderation, I was constantly reading articles about how red wine was good for my heart, even though I preferred to drink white wine or rosé. And women who drink wine tend to weigh less. I'd spend so many hours doing this research and I'd send all these articles to my husband as a way to rationalize my pursuit of moderation. So sure, red wine has some benefits to it, but you can get the same benefits from eating some blueberries. So I read a study that found that one standard drink had slight benefits to the heart Regardless of the type of alcohol, so whether it's a small glass of wine or a small margarita, it's the same to your body This study also said that once you have more than one it tips the balance and there are only negative effects so red wine is really like it's not good for your heart one small glass of any alcohol has some positive benefits on heart health but overall, just eat some blueberries. If you're someone who can naturally moderate your drinking, fantastic. A little bit of alcohol now and again is probably fine. But don't start drinking for the benefits because um, there are none. So please remember to rate and review. I love reading the reviews that you guys are leaving for me. It makes my heart feel so good. And I'll talk to you next time.